Welcome to Just Floss It with Jasmine Capra. Hey guys, I'm Jasmine. A registered dental hygienist. There's my teeth. Traveler, fashionista. Ooh la la. When she's not helping people with their smile, she's making them smile. <laughs> Enlightening, honest, funny. I'm a cheese head. Duh. This is Just Floss It with Jasmine Capra, and you're listening to her podcast. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast, Just Floss It. Thanks for tuning in. Today is a part two series from my last one with a professor from a dental hygiene program, Amira. Thanks for joining us again. Hi, y'all. <laughs> we are pumped to have you guys. I know that we gave you a lot of inside scoop last time, but you're going to also want to listen in on this one because this is all about clinic. But before I dive into clinic, I wanted to talk about your life at home. You are married. Do you have any kiddos? Um, I actually, I don't have any kiddos of my own, but I am a stepmom of a really, really wonderful, sweet, kind, empathetic 11-year-old daughter, stepdaughter. And I do have six nieces and nephews, wow. which are my Your hands life. are full. <laughs> yes, my hands are full. I'm so blessed for having so many amazing people in my life. So remind me again, you work as a professor, but you also work as a clinical hygienist outside for mm-hmm. a practice? Yes, I actually work for two practices. I work for a general practice, and I also work for a periodontics Okay, so what's your general week like, Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday, I usually work one to two days in the office as a clinical dental hygienist, and then about two days a week, I work as a professor at a dental hygiene program, and I teach both didactic courses, and I am also a clinical instructor. Wow. When do you have time for yourself? I don't have time for myself (laughs) because I also have the side hustle that we mentioned in the first podcast. I do have a side business where I make Star Wars merchandise. Uh, I don't have a lot of time for myself. I mean, uh, yeah. When do you eat? When do you sleep? (laughs) Like, oh gosh, I am complaining about my one side hustle and plus clinical. I just don't know how you do all of this. I don't know. And I'm assuming you answer like student emails as well. All the time. Yeah. And wow. Grading, lesson planning. I just thought about the emails and I think that I emailed my professor several times. I actually (laughs) got an amazing text message today from a student right one of my students right now she just sent me a message saying she passed her national board Aww. exam Woo-hoo! for all of you guys passing your national board exam congratulations yes that is uh, one of the best feelings in the world on top of like probably giving birth having a <laughs> child uh getting married or engaged but we are so proud of you that's a huge milestone and we're celebrating here for you i remember that feeling uh, my whole class actually started to receive their results as we were in clinic oh and we were all working on our patients i was the very last person to finish my patient that day and i told everyone leave me alone I don't like if I'm the one person (laughs) that didn't pass because up until me, everybody had passed. I was like, imagine I'm the only (laughs) one that doesn't pass. Sure enough. Thank God. Of course you did. I passed. But 
Oh, it's so nerve wracking waiting that I think it's like what a week or two before you get your results. Oh, it's excruciating. Yeah, it is. But yes, bravo to all of you who are passing your board exams. It's a little bit different right now too, correct? It's like 150 questions. I don't know exactly how many questions. I do know it's an abbreviated version. Mm -hmm. When I took it and when you took it, it was a six hour exam (laughs) on the computer. I think I was there five hours. Oh, I don't remember how long I was there. A long time. And is the clinical portion, like the REBS and the credits, different as well? They still have your traditional clinical exam with a live patient. But actually right now, at least in California, Mm -hmm. I cannot speak to other states. Yeah, because I've heard in other states, and I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this, anybody. Don't come after me. But I've heard they're working on mannequins. Yes, California just approved the mannequin exams, but it's, I believe it's only for this graduating class. So do they put fake calculus on it? They do. Oh, wow. It's the, it's very similar to the type of dance you work on in school. Oh, that's unique and also interesting. (laughs) It's interesting. Um, Do you have to take their blood pressure and stuff No. No, it's not even a full mannequin. It's oh. not a full head. It's it's just a type of aunt that is screwed onto the clinic chair, and you can use your Cavitron. Wow. I'm not going to speak too much about that because I have to admit, I don't know enough. enough about it. Yeah. Times are very strange right now with COVID. But and my, my heart does go out to all the yes. students that are you know, experiencing school or going through the program right now through this. It's an an added challenge. Yes, it's definitely an added challenge. I have no idea what it's like because I've never been a student during COVID-19. But what I can say is that we're here for you and we believe in you and you can do this. You really can. You can. Just listen to these two podcasts and write down all my advice. Yes. And right now, she's going to give you the scoop on, I guess, a little bit on clinical, right? Yeah. Let's talk about clinic. Dun, dun, dun. I think because for most dental hygiene students, they are very strong academically. So even though the didactic courses are very hard, very, very hard, I think most hygiene students actually struggle more so with clinic. Which one did you prefer? Like your didactic courses or your clinical? I 100% preferred my didactic courses. I preferred clinic. You know, clinic was my favorite. I, I really struggled with clinic because it learning this new skill with my hands, mm-hmm. it took a long time. So that's one thing I should mention right now. You're all going to learn these clinical skills at different rates. Some people can pick up the skill more quickly than others. So please do not compare yourself yeah, to your classmates. Absolutely don't compare yourself. Don't. Just because someone understands or passes the very first time mm-hmm. and you don't does not indicate what type of dental hygienist you're going to be. 
believe in yourself. Yes. And sometimes it takes practice and sometimes it takes a couple failures. And there is nothing wrong with that. Maybe you needed that failure in order to succeed for the rest of your life. And now you know I will never miss the distal Mm -hmm. of number 16. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, you probably probably will. will, But... (laughs) Um, you know what I mean. You're you're really going to shoot for nothing on that distal. <laughs> yes, you will always shoot for nothing. But um so well, now I lost my train of thought. It's totally fine. You know, right. So with clinical skills, I once heard that it takes about 5 years of practicing as a hygienist. So I'm talking about after you graduate. So not including the 2 years. Not including the 2 years, oh, gosh. but 5 I have two more to go. I know. <laughs> but 5 years of working as a hygienist to finally feel confident with your scaling skills. Mm. So you know, that's okay, Jasmine. If you feel confident now, that's that's awesome. That's great. No, um, I'm, but for I'm those pretty of you sure I do, like, you know, I'll scale a patient that I've never seen. They're not due for x-rays. And then I happen to see them for their recall at four months, and they are due for their radiographs. And I'll tell you, there has been a time where I've seen radiographic calculus. Me too. And I'm like, Jasmine, you missed that. How could you? But... Like I've said before, I'm not a superhero. I did the best at that time to remove everything that I possibly felt. And now I know to focus on Mm -hmm. that area and clean that area out doesn't make me a bad person or a bad clinician. It just crap happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, crap in the form of calculus happens. Crap calculus happens. (laughs) (laughs) So remembering that this is a skill that's going to take you several years to learn, I think will help you mentally Mm -hmm. when going into clinic and learning, learning these new skills. One thing we talked about in the previous podcast is always putting your patient's needs above your own requirements. So don't just try to fulfill as many requirements as you can with a particular patient. Maybe you still need a requirement to give a greater palatine injection and you want to use it on this patient, but they don't need it. Don't do that. It, the patient always comes first. And that also um, refers to you failing patients. If you fail a patient, we mentioned this on the previous podcast, it's not about you. It's about giving that patient the best care. So please, above all else, always put your patient's needs first. Yeah, I mean, time and time again, you're not just going to use that same saying as a student, but you're also going to use that when you graduate and you're in the real world always do what's best for your patient no matter what because there are going to be times where this is totally off track but you get into an office possibly where you are forced to see patients in 30 minutes Mm -hmm. maybe even 20 because you need to polish and clean up that room so hurry up sister (laughs) you uh gotta ask yourself am i doing right by the patient Or am I just doing this for a paycheck? And I know that there's several hygienists 
out there that are miserable at those types of jobs or um, offices because unfortunately it's out there and I can tell you that if you are unhappy and you are asking yourself constantly, is this ethically right? Am I doing what is ethically right? This doesn't feel good. I don't feel like I'm doing the best that I possibly can. In school, this is not what they taught me. Don't be scared to look for something else. Really, really don't. Because so many people message me this and they say, I'm so unhappy. Like the I'm forced to do cleanings in 20 minutes and I have to see 15 to 20 patients a day. I don't even, I'm getting burnt out. Leave. And I know it's so much easier said than done. And maybe you need to hear this podcast to have that reminder of you're worth more than that. And your patients deserve more than that. Um, It all just goes back to what you learned in clinic. And so... I guess what I'm circling back to is do what's right by your patient and you know what's right versus wrong. I actually, my first job out of hygiene school was at an office like that where I had to do cleanings in 15, 20 minutes. I was coming home so depressed because I knew I was providing horrible care to the patients. May I ask you what instruments they supplied you with? Because I was in the same type of scenario for one of my first temping jobs ever, and I never went back after the first day because all they supplied me with was a very crappy um, anterior sickle mm-hmm. and a five-six uh, oh, yes. barn heart. And I'm telling you, it looked like these instruments had gone through the ringer for probably 10 years. And I remember pulling the dentist aside and I said, I cannot work under these conditions the, the instruments that you're supplying me are not adequate <laughs> instruments. Mm-hmm. I can't even remove calculus. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can go on and on days from that. So sorry to interrupt you, but. No, I was working under similar conditions. My instruments were probably from the 80s, mm-hmm. 80s or 90s, very thin handle. I remember mostly sickles. And also, I would get in trouble a lot with the office because I would take things off of the treatment plan, the hygiene treatment plan. So at this office, every single treatment, every single patient needed a Restin, Mm. laser, electric toothbrush, Mm. Stannis fluoride rinse. Now, all those things are good. I'm not bashing any of those, but not every patient needs those things. And especially, say, an electric toothbrush, and the patient already has one. So I would take it off the treatment plan, and I was always getting in trouble, and I would stick up for myself. Yeah, you which look is, like a troublemaker. I am a troublemaker. <laughs> and I, I, I stick up for myself, and I would tell my employer, no, that's not what the patient needs. Anyways, long story short. I did leave because I couldn't live with myself providing such horrible care to the patients. So it goes back to clinic. And again, you need to provide the best care possible. And I think that's why, too, when I look back on the hygiene program and the clinic itself, I understand now as 
a graduate why you guys pushed us so hard and why you graded us so tough. (laughs) You were so harsh on us and it was for a reason because you are going to be put in scenarios when you do graduate where your time frame is cut literally in a quarter because you don't have two hours anymore. You maybe have 30 minutes or 45 and (laughs) you want to make sure that our skills were exceptional walking into a situation like that. Correct. It's funny you say exceptional because I'm going to be honest. I mean, they're probably not exceptional. We, I shouldn't have used that word. (laughs) They are. um, Well, you know what? I like that you think that. That's good because, again, we talked about confidence and you have to be confident. But our job as instructors is actually just to get your skills up to competent. Mm -hmm. Competent is basically bare minimum of what is considered. All right. Well, I felt really competent. (laughs) You know, I'm going to let you have that. I'm going to let you have that. Well, it's kudos to you professors because I did feel on cloud nine when I graduated. I was like, you know what? I felt like I had all the necessary skills. Sure. I had some learning to do as far as like how to treatment plan or whatnot. But I think that there is a reason for the madness. Oh, 100%. There's a reason for the madness. But you won't understand it when you're in there. We we don't like you guys. And that's why I'm here on this podcast. <laughs> I'm here to tell you guys that She's here it's to all tell for us a reason. They're mean to us for a reason, but they still love us. We do. Most of it's you. It's all out of love. <laughs> <laughs> we love most of you. All right. So more okay. of the clinic scoop. Right. So I tell this to all of my students that it's not so much about your scaling skills in clinic. Mm -hmm. It's about your critical thinking skills. I'm going to say that again. It's about your critical thinking skills. I actually don't care that much if you can scale the distal of 15 because, again, yeah, I know this is a shock, right? Because... Again, scaling is something that's going to take several years and you will learn it with time. So what do you mean by critical thinking? I mean that you can look at each individual patient and you can figure out what is going on with that patient. You can put the puzzle pieces together. Now, I have a big pet peeve that I hate when students tell me that the reason for a patient's disease is because of lack of dental care. No, that lack of dental care does not cause disease. What causes disease is biofilm, so accumulation of biofilm combined with how the host or the patient responds to that biofilm. This goes back to your training in your perio courses. Every single patient, every host, every person is going to respond differently to the presence of biofilm. Everyone has a different immune system. So you need to look at that person and you need to figure out what is going on. Is their body responding in a certain way? Are they showing signs of disease because of Yes, biofilm has to be present, but what's the what else is at play? Do they have systemic factors going on? So do they have diabetes, for example? Mm-hmm. Do they have cardiovascular disease? Are they taking medications that suppress their immune system? Are they going through hormonal changes? So I'm talking about teenagers. Pregnancy. Pregnancy, menopause. 
I want my students to be able to identify these things because if you can't, you are not going to be a successful hygienist. I really do appreciate that our professors did a great job on honing in on that because now as a practicing hygienist, I do look at their medical history before and even sometimes I go back to their medical history during the appointment to see if I missed anything or can correlate whatever is going on in their mouth with their medical history. Because I could say, oh, you know what? You have this, this, and that mm-hmm. going on. It could actually be associated with what your mo- your mouth is telling me. Mm-hmm. And I'll- I'm using terminology that I would probably use with my patients so that they understand. But to that degree, like, oh, I noticed that you told me you were eight weeks pregnant mm-hmm. and typically you don't have all of this plaque buildup mm-hmm. and bleeding. This is generally a sign and it's associated with pregnancy. And so I I understand where you're coming with critical thinking now. Right. You're going to have patients that haven't had a cleaning in 10 years and they're going to sit down in your chair and they're going to have nothing, barely any calculus, maybe very little inflammation. Mm -hmm. So with a person like that, that's why I say it's not lack of dental care. That person sitting in your chair who hasn't had a cleaning in 10 years but barely has anything, they just don't have an accumulation of biofilm. Then you're going to have Patients on the flip side who have very little biofilm, they are brushing, they are flossing, and they have so much inflammation, and they have periodontitis. I'm not going to go into the stages in the grades of periodontitis. <laughs> I'll leave that to your instructors. But that's a case where something is going on with this person's body. So they have very little biofilm, but yet their body is responding in such a strong way. You have to be able to identify those things. And one reason why you need to be able to identify those things is because you simply cannot tell every single patient, oh, well, you're not brushing enough, you're not flossing enough. People don't want to hear that. Now, that may legitimately be a reason for one patient why they have periodontal disease, but that's not going to be the reason for every patient. I have so many patients at my perio practice where they brush, they floss, they water pick, and their periodontal disease is still in an active state. So I can't just tell them, oh, well, just floss more, just water pick more. They're already doing that. I have to be able to recognize what's going on in their body And I have to explain that to the patient. Now, maybe there's nothing I can do about it. Maybe they're already, they're coming in every three months and we're doing the best that we can. But you need to explain that to the patient. And patients notice when they have a smart hygienist, they will appreciate you so much more if you can explain the link of what's going on with their body with what you're seeing in their mouth. So in clinic, of course, yes, we want you to scale well, but it's really not the only focus. And for me personally, as a clinical instructor, it is not my my number one focus. I want to see that you can think critically. That also applies to keeping yourself safe and keeping your patient safe. 
keeping yourself safe, so that would be with infection control, and keeping your patient safe, so recognizing any contraindications to care, you know, contraindications to nitrous oxide or local anesthetics with epinephrine, things like that. If you're simply memorizing the steps in clinic, you're going to miss those things. So you have to be able to look at every patient, think critically about every patient, and make informed decisions that will best serve your patients and keep your patients safe and also keep you safe. I love that. I, she's so right. Unfortunately, critical thinking does not go away when you leave school. If anything, you increase it and educate yourself even more upon graduating because she's absolutely right. Patients really do value a smart hygienist that knows what they're talking about. And so critical thinking. (laughs) There are times when I actually, so as instructors, we actually get emails from offices that are hiring asking us, hey, do you have any recent grads that are looking for work that you can recommend? Mm -hmm. So many times I will tell you I'm not sending over the best scaler in Mm -hmm. the class. A lot of times I look for what I call the total package. Total package, decent scaling skills. I'm not going to send over someone who's horrible, but I want to send over a recent grad that I've seen has demonstrated exceptional critical thinking skills. So I have referred a few students and gotten them their first jobs not based on how well they scaled in clinic, but other qualities that I saw. Most so you know what that means, right? <laughs> you should probably bring some really great apples to your teacher or professor. <laughs> apples? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we don't they say that the apple is the way to like your professor or no, teacher's heart? No. Or an apple a day keeps the something away? No. Tell me if I'm wrong, Jasmine, but mm. we have the biggest sweet tooths. Dental professionals oh have the biggest sweet tooth. Do you so you know that like we have snacks in my in our break room. Well, it's not really a break room because it's technically the doctor's office. So he's the break room slash doctor's office. Um, and yeah, if I can get a quick snacky in, I'm in there <laughs> eating a recess. Always. Yes, it's so bad. We're the worst. Yeah, but you know what? I the the reason being is that I'm making sure that we all have jobs. yeah so we want sweets yes it's called job security it is bring your instructors and your bosses yes bring us sweets and um, to my students she likes mastros (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) um to my students listening right now why y'all gotta be bringing in starbucks for yourselves and not for her and not for me she's so chapped about it why wouldn't you bring her well what's your favorite starbucks drink um iced latte with coconut milk just iced latte with coconut milk. it's so easy no sweetener no sweetener oh my gosh guys i've only had one student in my whole career Bring, bring me a latte. Now so. I feel like crap. What's good? <laughs> you know, so I didn't know that professors wanted that. Because- <laughs> hey, now I'm going to get fired no, for no, saying no. we take bribes. It's no, not a bribe. It's not a bribe. It's just um, a sign of love. 
Yeah. I that bring, we care and admire bring, all your hard work. Thank you. I bring you guys signs of loves. I, uh, loves. <laughs> signs of love. I bring you guys candy. Where's mine? You do? You're such a nice professor. Yeah, I bring brownies. Well, not now Didn't during you bring, COVID. like, um, a strawberry cake to Always. your students one time? Yes. Every year I bring a strawberry cake, but I can't do I wish do I had an opportunity year. to try it. <sighs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> It's it's bomb, I it's tell you. Really I that cake, I always use it. It's for second lecture in periodontics where we're talking about the layers of tissue. Mm-hmm. And so my the top is has strawberries. That's the epithelial cells, and we have the white frosting, which is our basal lamina. And then we have strawberry cake which is a reddish pink color to signify the connective tissue, which is where we get all of the blood supply. So thus it has to be red. And Look at your critical thinking there. <laughs> wow. Ah, I try. That is so good. And I try. I think I would want to try the basil lamina. <laughs> <laughs> it's just vanilla frosting I get from the store. I do have something to, to bring up to you. So in the program, we're taught all these different instruments everything the 11 12 13 mm. 14 mm-hmm. 5 6 anterior posterior sickle 70 um and then you get into the real world mm-hmm. you show up to your first job maybe your second job and they give you a pack of instruments mm-hmm. i can tell you that one of an office that i worked at the only working instruments were an anterior sickle and a posterior, and of course the probe and the mirror. And I, I had a crappy explorer. Didn't even. Oh, I don't even know who made it. But you guys obviously give us all these instruments to learn. Then you get into the office and you're like, um, "Where is my set of twelve mm-hmm. instruments?" Do you think that it is better? I once heard this from a professor and it always stuck with me. And she told me it is better to know one or two instruments extremely well than know all your instruments. Like, because you may not get those when you're at your office. So get used to making one or two instruments work for you. And learning how to adapt properly and clean those teeth with those. Because the truth of the matter is, it's very slim to none when you have an office that gives you every instrument that you ask for. I'm definitely not going to argue with that. But I know that in the program, and let let me state this so it's very obvious and out there. In the program, you need to use every instrument. You do. Thank Teach you. Teach yourself. Yes. Make sure that you know how to use everyone, every instrument properly. Because like I said, you may not even be left with an anterior sickle. You may be left with a 13-14 and somehow you need to make that work. So I guess what I'm saying is how would you handle a situation where you're in office and you have two good working instruments and nothing else? Well, this actually does tie back to critical thinking Mm -hmm. and looking at an instrument and being able to visualize or flipping it around and figuring out how to make it adapt. Because I have been in those situations. There are offices that I do, I still temp at 
where the instruments are less than ideal. Mm-hmm. And I do have to use instruments in a creative way, including, including the 1314. Um, maybe not just in your offices, but I volunteered a lot at the free clinics. Yeah. And I did um, some volunteer work outside of the country. And there too, I had one or two instruments that I could work with. And so critical thinking, I think, does play a huge role in that. Definitely. So... It's, it's really good advice, Jasmine, to use instruments in ways that you weren't necessarily taught how to use it that way, but you can use some good problem-solving skills and manipulate the instrument and flip it around mm-hmm. and make it work for the situation, but there are students who have very small petite hands like myself that I actually would recommend if you are working in an office that in general you really like but maybe the one pet peeve is the instruments I think it is worth investing in some instruments that make you a better clinician so myself so you would go out and purchase your own instruments I would I would. And what are your go-to ones? Um, I always have to have a good universal. I really like the 5-6 Barnhart. Mm. I do like the younger good, but I need a good universal. Mm-hmm. I need a an anterior sickle. And I actually love my 1718s for doing Code 3 SRPs. Have you ever tried a Nevi from Hugh Freedy? Yeah, I have. And I do like the nevies. I actually use the nevies on the anteriors, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, those are great. But I I do have students where our hands are so small that we have very limited lateral pressure. So we really do need those heavy-duty, bulky, strong instruments mm-hmm. to do a good job. And if you are not provided those instruments, I think it is worth investing in your own. And I strongly do believe in investing. I know you agree with me in investing in products to make your job easier as a hygienist. Absolutely. One of the very, the things that I actually brought with me from hygiene school is um, my diamond sharpening card from Hugh Freedy. I, one of the reps came to our school and she recommended this diamond sharpening card by Hugh Freedy. They're very thin. They're not like the stones. You don't have to put them in oil. Um, You can, they fit perfectly inside of your cassettes and you can get them in different grits. So I think light, medium, and then uh, I don't know what the last one is called. Uh, Anyways. Yeah, I think it's maybe coarse. Uh, I carried that onto my practice and although the dentist did not pay for it or the practices that I work at, it has saved my hand Mm -hmm. ultimately. Mm -hmm. And I need this bad boy for the rest of my life. And so I don't look at it as like, oh, I just wasted money on that. This is going to save my career Mm -hmm. and my hand and my back and my shoulder Mm -hmm. because if your instruments are sharp, you can get any job pretty much done Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. correctly too. Right. 
you're all going to have different things that you're going to need to invest in because you're all so different. So that might be investing in loops. Myself, I invested in an ergonomic chair. Oh, I want one of those so bad. It, it's worth it. I mean, May for I ask me, you I, how much they cost? Yeah, my chair ended up costing me eleven hundred dollars. Oh. out of my own pocket oh my goodness but it, it was worth it uh because right you you want to do this career for a long yeah, time so i've actually contemplated on getting one of those chairs um there's a correct word for it right what are those specific chairs called i don't know if you're saddle yeah mine is not a saddle oh it's not a saddle no but mine has a very good lumbar support mm. because i have scoliosis right there and that part of my spine so I, I needed to get a chair oh, yeah. that would work for me. But you're all going to have different things that you're going to want to invest in. Actually, I the next thing I want to invest in is a cordless Profi. Oh, yes. Angle. I've actually tried those. I think um, Hugh Freedy sells one, right? I, I think so. And, well, there's, there's a few different manufacturers. Mm-hmm. But bottom line, if you get into a practice and the instruments are not ideal but you like the practice i really think it's worth making investments in your career because Mm -hmm. yeah you don't want to if the if the instruments they have aren't working for you and you're coming home with pain in your hands okay that's that's not good you need to you need to fix i just thought about this if you are currently in the program i believe you still get a student discount from hugh freedy and probably PDT or the other companies that are on yes. the market. Take advantage of that. You will never get that price again. And if you have two really great instruments that you are just so fond of, like she explained earlier, hers are the five six anterior sickles and mine's the Nevi. I would buy like ten of those, truthfully, and just have them. They're a fraction of the cost that you'll never be able to get again as a practicing hygienist because the student discount is amazing. Um, I remember I bought like three or four cassettes for like 120 bucks. Wow. I'm pretty sure that costs about $1,000. Yes. So run with that. Get yourself 20. Splurge. If you can afford it, for sure do it. It's going to save your hand in the long run. Um, But I still have mine. I use mine and I don't regret spending that money on them whatsoever. And loops, saddle, those are great things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually work with a student, a recent grad. We both work at the same office, and the office doesn't have the best instruments. Mm -hmm. So he is using his instruments from Mm. school. Wow. So that's really good advice. Yeah. Take advantage of that student discount. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this information. Is there any one last things you want to say and get off your chest or maybe even let our listeners in on? Yes. Uh-oh. And the la- it's a good thing. Oh, it's a great the thing. The last thing is don't see yourself as just a tooth scraper cleaning lady. I yes. You are so much more than that. You are a healthcare professional. Absolutely. So can I get a hallelujah? (laughs) So use your brain. Don't just sit there and scrape teeth. Use your brain. Problem solve. Think critically. Oh, and also, please help your classmates with the requirements. Yes. There are, maybe you already met your requirement for your adolescence and you 
have another patient who fits that requirement, but you have a classmate who doesn't have a single adolescent requirement fulfilled, please share your patients if the patient is okay with it. Help them. Help them out. You know what? We all graduate with the same pretty little letters at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. and you want nothing more than to see your classmates pass with you. Um, I remember personally, I gave so many of my patients away that I found from the free dental clinic. Mm-hmm. And I at the too. end, it, it really helped me because classmates that, you know, had certain requirements that I needed, like an addo mm-hmm. or pedo, they always helped me with. So mm-hmm. I do believe in good karma. Mm-hmm. So just remind yourself that it's going to come back around. Um Help others as much as you can. You're going to get through the program. Everyone's going to get through the program. Just help each other. Just truly help each other. Please do. Yeah. Please do. Because (laughs) even your instructors, believe it or not, we want all of you. We want all of you to pass. We want all of you to succeed. Mm -hmm. And a major way for that to happen is you really need to help each other with patients. I actually, in my last semester of senior clinic, I walked away with a grade of a 75%. That's pretty good. Because I gave away so many patients to my classmates. If I hadn't given them those patients, they wouldn't have passed Pass. that class. They wouldn't have become hygienists. You know so. why I always tell this to people. Every time I ever went for a job interview, I never got asked once, what grade did Mm-mm. you receive in clinic? What never. grade did you receive in oral biology or pathology, whatever it was? At the end of the day, you have a license and you received it for a reason. Help each other get to the finish line. It'll feel so good. So good. Well, I'm just rambling on now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such a pleasure having you on once again. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed your time on Just Floss It. And we appreciate you giving us the scoop and the down low on what it's like to be a professor and see it from a different perspective. It was an honor. And I just want to say good luck to all of you. You don't need luck because you are going to kill it. You're going to do it, and if you don't think you can, you're going to get up tomorrow and do it all over again with a different attitude. Be positive. You are going to be a dental hygienist, and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Until then, you guys should go follow her channel or Instagram. It is at galaxy underscore general underscore store. Go support a professor, also a hygienist, and sell star wars stuff too (laughs) what more can you do (laughs) i can also salsa dance oh shoot even more reason why you (laughs) should follow her i my salsa moves suck so every time i watch her i'm like oh i i got some work to do (laughs) on the dance floor (laughs) anyways thanks for joining us if you guys aren't following me on instagram just floss it go hit that follow button or tiktok if you want a an entertainment of 30 seconds to a minute of me talking all about teeth or oral hygiene related stuff. Um, Or you can also follow me on YouTube where I go more into depth about certain products that I love or hygiene school, how I got out of the program debt-free. You're not, you're going to want to definitely hit the follow button, all three platforms. Um, Love you guys. And I'm so honored to have you guys 
as a part of Just Faucet, and I wouldn't be where I'm at today without you. I'm so incredibly proud of each and every single one of you, and I believe in you as well. Message me if you have any questions, and I look forward to hopefully having you on the show again. For sure. I'll bring in other special yeah, guests. Yeah, <laughs> bring us uh, your strawberry cake next Meh. time so I could try it and let them hear the gross sounds of me munching on it. You got it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk soon. Until then, bye. Bye. Toodles. Enlightening, honest, and funny. You've been listening to Just Floss It with Jasmine Capra. Keep up with Jasmine at JustFlossIt.com and follow her on Instagram and TikTok at Just Floss It. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, y'all. Farewell and adieu to your Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to your ladies of Spain. For we've received orders to sail for old England. But we hope in a short time to see you again. We'll rant and we'll roar. Like true British sailors will rant and will roar Like true hides of oak Until we strike soundings in the channel of old England From Ushant to Sydney is 35 leagues Oh, we'll hold the ship too With the wind at the southwest We'll hold the ship too And soundings got we At 35 fathom With the wire sounding bottom We squared our main yards And up channel steered we We'll rant and we'll roar Like true British sailors will and we'll roar like true hearts of oak until we strike soundings in the channel of old England from Ushant to cities 35 leagues Oh the first we made it was called the dead man the Ramhead, Plymouth, Stop Portland and White. We sail past Beachy by Farley and Dungness until we arrived off the South Fallen Line. We'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors. We'll rant and we'll roar like true hearts of oak. Until we strike soundings in the channel of old England From Ushant to Sydney it's 35 leagues Oh the signal was made for the ground fleet to anchor all in the downs that night for to lay It's stand by a stoppers Let go you shank painter Haul up your glue gun It's let fly tax and sheets We'll rant and we'll roar Like true British sailors We'll rant
man toss off a full bumper let every man toss off a full bowl for a drink and be merry and drown melancholy so here's a good hell to all true hearty souls we'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors we'll rant and we'll roar like true hearts of oak until we strike soundings in the channel of old England from Ushant to Sydney is 35 lit